People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Simone Jarjing, a native of Brazil, has had a dominant career in pickleball since turning pro in 2015. She's won more PPA titles than any other player in history and currently holds the number one ranking in singles, women's doubles, and mixed doubles. Jarjing partners up with number one in the world, Ben Johns, in mixed doubles and number two in the world, Lucy Kovalova, in women's doubles. A former tennis player, Jarjing played for Fresno State University and later taught women's college tennis. Called the queen of pickleball by many, Jarjing is not only a phenomenal player, but also an ambassador for the sport. She owns Peak Performance Pickleball Academy, where she teaches full-time when she's not traveling for tournaments. She partners with Nike Sports Camps to run clinics and has mentored a number of pro players. Jarjing is also an outspoken advocate for pickleball, pro players, and the evolution of the sport. Welcome to Health Gig, Simone. So great having you here today. Oh, I'm so glad to be a part of the show. Excited. Well, thank you. And so I thought we would begin. Trisha and I are huge fans. Uh, we love pickleball. Our families play pickleball. And so we're thrilled to have you on the podcast. And we wanted to start, if you could just tell us a little bit about you, your upbringing, your family, and how you got into racket sports. Yeah, so I've been involved with tennis since I was six years old. We moved to a place, uh, our house was three minutes walking distance to a big tennis club and clay courts, grew up in Brazil. So I have two older brothers and they were both already playing tennis. And it was a really safe place for us to stay because both of my parents worked. So after school, pretty much would come home and eat something and then go to the club and just play tennis until they came over to get us later in the day. And by six years old, I fell in love with tennis. And that was what got me into playing tournaments. By the age of eight, my brothers were already playing all over the country in Brazil, playing tennis and playing national tournaments. So my parents said, okay, well, why not just sign her up? And so from then on, I just started traveling all over uh, outside of the country as well. And it really gave me so many opportunities, including an opportunity to come to America to play college tennis. I played for Brazil in the international tournaments. I went to Germany and then I also came to America and I played in the Orange Bowl. It's a big tournament, uh, very famous in Boca. And then I played uh, the international championships representing my country. I was 16 at that time. And after that, I started getting a bunch of letters from colleges in America offering me scholarships to come here to play, to be able to pursue my studies, which was really important for my parents because both of them teachers. So of course I wanted to play professional tennis like many girls out there, but I didn't really enjoy being on the road alone and it was tough without having a big support and I didn't want to waste my parents' money either mm -hmm. uh, because I felt like I'm one in a million and everybody has the same dream of becoming, you know, world's number one uh, in tennis and 
I just didn't, I felt like it was a waste of their money uh, and my opportunity, if I pursue that, then my opportunity to come to the U.S. to play college tennis would not be there, uh, which then again changed my life forever. So I came here when I was 18 years old, just my tennis racket and a dream to be really good at it and get a degree. And so that's what I did. Um, I actually went to Auburn University for my freshman and sophomore year. And then I ended up transferring to California, uh, to Fresno State, where I finished my career uh, junior and senior year. I had a really, really good experience there. I was an All-American in doubles. Uh, and I actually got to be number one in the country in doubles for wow. college students. Yes, uh, it was exciting. I mean, it was it was like everything that I wanted because I got to travel all over different universities with a team. We had eight girls in the team and our coach, Kevin, was amazing. He taught me a lot. And then after that, I stayed on and started coaching. And that's kind of where I really found my passion and I loved what I did. And I ended up getting a job under Kevin. So it came full circle for me because I was working when Kevin left uh, to go to College of Women Mary. Uh, Simone, uh, can you imagine how confusing? My, my <laughs> the, the head coach was Simone and he, French Canadian guy and the assistant coach Simone. So uh, it, it was it was a mess. <laughs> so then I, I coached with Simone at Fresno State and then Kevin said, hey, do you want to come to College of Women Mary and be my assistant? And it was just like, of course, I'm there because I knew he could teach me so much. And um, so I went and worked for him for a year. And then I got the job at Michigan State. Uh, and that's where I became the head coach there at uh, Big Ten University, big university. If you, you know, people that are involved in athletics, they know Big Ten. It was a great, great experience for me. Uh, it was tough. It was really hard. And then I got pregnant right away uh, with Alexis. Uh, and uh, so I started my co my head coaching career pretty much pregnant. With a baby. <laughs> yes, with a baby. Yeah, I, I, I felt so bad for my poor assistant. My my second, second assistant, a second season, pretty much I told her, hey, I'm due in September. Good luck. But, you know, if you need me, I'll be at home with my baby. That was Shelly, poor thing. I, I loved her. And, and she was a phenomenal, stepped up to the plate as I was being a mom at home. Um, but, yeah, so then so then I stayed at Michigan State for eight years. Winters can be very tough. And I think for somebody as active and, and being Brazilian as well and loving the outdoors, uh, winters were tough for us as a family because you just – you, I, unless I, I, I don't even know. People tell me like, "Oh, you get used to it." I was like, "No, you don't." And and I don't <laughs> know if it's somebody that gets that 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 is born there is different for them. Uh, but I I just never got used to it. I used to get those winter blues, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh my, mm -hmm. those are yeah, coming from Brazil. Yeah, and being born and raised in Brazil, and then to yeah go to Michigan winters would be difficult. But then how did you end up in Naples, Florida then? I used to run fundraisers for our team. And one of my boosters comes up to me and says, you need to try this sport. It's called pickleball. 
And I looked at him and I was like, sure, whatever. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a yes person. I usually don't say no too much, but you know, I'm busy at this point in time. I just had a, another baby. I, I had this, our second one landed. He was one year old. So, so we have a five-year-old and a one-year-old and, uh, and it's winter. And I said, I, I said something to my husband. I said, like, you know, Walter wants us to go to the MAC, the Michigan Athletic Club, and play pickleball with these people. <laughs> and he, you know, my husband, who played baseball as well, we're like looking at each other like, what is pickleball? <laughs> Anyways, right. But we didn't even look it up at the time. And this is, you know, this is like six years ago, 2015, I think. And we didn't even look at anything. We're just kind of like, okay, fine. Whenever we have a chance, maybe we'll go. Uh, Because we really liked hanging out with Walter. It wasn't because of pickleball (laughs) or anything. It was just like, oh, you know, Walter's a nice guy. Yeah, and it was something to do during the winter. Like, sure, a couple weeks passed and uh, this guy shows up at the tennis facility where I did the practices for the team. And he sits there and usually during practice, we have nobody in the stands. And so you could definitely see this guy, random guy sitting in the stands. I had never seen him, never met him. And uh, I was wondering, you know, who is that or whatever. So he comes up to me after practice and he says, you're coming to play pickleball with us. And I was like, "Uh, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) And what is pickleball? Yeah, I, I mean, I, at this point, I had heard from Walter about it, but I had no clue what it was. And so Dan O'Toole is his name. Uh, he gets the credit for getting me into pickleball. He would not let it go. And he's like, you're coming. So oh. one lunch break uh, that because I, I used to run practices, sometimes some individuals in the morning and then have a lunch break and then team practices in the afternoon. And one one lunch break, I went to the Mac, I picked up the paddle, and I played singles with him. And I was just like, wow, like, this is fun. It's a workout. Because for me, I love working out, but more so like with some goal in mind. Right. You know, I, I like to have something that I'm going to get a workout, but I'm going to be chasing something. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And singles was it i was like this is a bunch of sprints i mean i was so sore my my bottom was sore the next day my (laughs) hamstrings i i felt muscles that i hadn't felt in years and i I told dan i was like okay sign me up i'm in so so i would literally skip lunch i would like get a smoothie they had an amazing smoothie bar there the mac so I would get a smoothie as my lunch and um, I would just, you know, a protein bar or something. And then I would go, you know, run after pickleballs and, and wiffle balls, really, and <laughs> yeah. uh, for for my lunch break. And now I'm hooked. Now he got me hooked. I'm, I'm, I'm playing <laughs> singles with him. And then he goes and says, you know, we do a beer league on Wednesday nights. <laughs> and, and he's like, it's a bunch of different people. And we just have fun. We play for two hours and then we have dinner and uh, hang out, you know, like $5 pitcher beers at uh, at the restaurant. And they have free uh, babysitting at the club. Oh. Yeah. So you put your kids <laughs> at the kids club 
and you can enjoy your dinner and a beer all, you know, very relaxed. And I was like, this sounds exactly what we need. And it gets us doing something during this awful winter. This is January, uh, yeah. which is the, you know, the, the biggest snow month uh, up north. So I was just like, let's do it. And that was, I think it was really, you know, doubles at the beginning wasn't very interesting for me because it wasn't so much of the, the workout. Oh, right. But what really got me was the fact that we had, you know, Corinne Carr, we played together for many years. Mm -hmm. um, she was part of that group. She was a, a she was getting her doctorate at Michigan State. And Dan had got her into pickleball. <laughs> so she was in her 20s at the time. And then we had anywhere between in their early 20s to like 70 something year olds. And we felt something in the middle. But just the fact that it was something that we all could play and enjoy together, lots of laughs. I mean, it was it was just so fun. Uh, and, and I know that, you know, when I was talking to Craig, he was talking about how that's how the family gets together. And you yeah, have exactly all ages. There is no um, men and women separate. Uh, it's, mm -mm. it's all together. Uh, any age, uh, the wiffle ball, definitely it's an easy sport to pick up. Uh, mm -hmm. But it, but it's just an easy sport to get a, a different group of people together, completely different backgrounds. We had, you know, people who uh, worked at the university who were professors. Uh, we had uh, the tennis pro Joey Farias, who also plays on the tour. He worked at the MAC as a tennis instructor and then uh, Dan, a financial advisor. And then you have all different backgrounds, pretty much. Mm -hmm coming together. Right. It was just stress-free and so much fun. So that was the beginning of my pickleball career. <laughs> In a That's nutshell, incredible. it was a beer league. On <laughs> That's amazing. So pickles, that was, would you say, six years ago? So pickleball, That was 2015. So pickleball was beginning to emerge, I guess, at that point, right? It was beginning to become something. Yeah. And the funny thing was that it was a hobby for me. It was something that I did for fun because, again, I get out of the house, not just sit there, feel sorry for myself of how cold <laughs> it is uh, because we played in a bubble in the, the Michigan Athletic Club. They had four courts. I think they have way more now. It was a great, great way to just get exercise. And for my mental health, it was yeah. so, so crucial because I believe that I had seasonal depression in, in mm -hmm. every year yeah. and eight, that winter in Michigan, it was tough for me. I felt different. You know, you don't see the sun. Um, <laughs> so you don't get that, you know, it, yeah. it's just different. It's, yeah. it's, it's different. So how did you convince your husband to move to Naples? So when did that happen? That happened in 2016. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, this is, this is quite amazing. Corinne and Dan signed me up for a tournament in May mm. of 2015, like the first year they started playing. And they, they sit me down and they say, uh, listen, you are uh, playing in a tournament. And I was like, what? <laughs> yep. We signed you up in a tournament in Kalamazoo. And I was like, sure, uh, whatever. <laughs> and I go and I play this tournament. Uh, but just the, the butterflies that I got again from, you know, competing. Once we were done, I told Corinne, I was like, when is our next tournament? 
when we, when we play again. So you're hooked because of my schedule, how it worked, I I didn't have that much flexibility and I I couldn't really play much. So we went to nationals in Arizona in Casa Grande that November, and we played at nationals and that that weekend I played three events, and I won some money playing pickleball and wow. I, I did, but I had no idea going in. I did not know that there was going to be any money. So I got uh, a few checks and I was like, wow, I got played. <laughs> I got paid to play in a pickleball tournament. That, you know, that you can buy a lot though. of beer. You're like, oh, hey, I was like, this is <laughs> to the beer party. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is this is fun. Uh, so so then I played that tournament that was nationals and then during nationals, there was a lot of talk starting about the U.S. Open because it was the first U.S. Open was happening in April of 2016. Unfortunately for me, I was still working at Michigan State and I couldn't play because it was right at the Big Ten tournaments. But here's the catch. I had a conference in December, right after nationals, I had a conference in December in Naples for tennis. Mm, so I mm. came to Naples and I came by myself. The Chad and the kids stayed uh, in Michigan. And I sent Chad a video, a couple of videos and a couple of photos at the beach in December. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I tell him like, uh, why do we live in Michigan? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so at first I was like, this is amazing. And I loved here. I, I really, really loved it. It's beautiful. I, you know, it's pristine. Collier County does such a good job just keeping the city so clean and, and beautiful, gorgeous. I mean, it's a huge destination for people from the north. I, I was just like, we need to move there. I, I, I put in my head, I was like, we need to move there. Pickleball or not, we need to move there. <laughs> so then how it came about is that I convinced him that after Big Ten, the, uh, the Big Ten tournament, that we would then... Um, I would play singles because that's the only thing that I could play was singles because it was Sunday, the last day. So I said, okay, I'll go with Alexis on Saturday and then you come with Landon on Sunday and we'll go take a look. Just look, you know, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Just, just going to take a look, you know, see how it is uh, just to see what you think. And from then on, he, he's like, okay. Uh, and he was We're all on this. board right away he just like uh, now we got to sell our house in Michigan we have to find a house here and just so you know my job security at Michigan State was I had that job could retire there uh, but no job here down here nothing <laughs> and we just kind of just went with it and we sold our house in June bought a house here in July and by August 1st we were moved in to Naples, still no job, but we decided, we, we talked to Chris and Terry from the U.S. Open and we like, let's do a pickleball academy. Let's start a pickleball yes. academy. We kind of created a job for ourselves. And at first people were like, how can you do a pickleball academy? I was like, listen, I've been involved in athletics for so long. And I, what I see here is an opportunity. And, and Chad worked with baseball his entire life. We know how to run like a business like this in athletics. It's, it's our background. We, we've been coaching our entire lives. So it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be too difficult. So we started that pretty much by September. We were working, teaching pickleball 
uh, at East Naples uh, Community Park where the U.S. Open is, and it exploded. When I first started, I was teaching about six hours a day. I think by the season, you couldn't get a spot with me. And then Chad started getting, uh, you know, if I couldn't get a spot, then Chad started getting the spot and filling up his his schedule. And then we got another guy, Phil Metz, who played college tennis for Ohio State, to work with us because uh, the demand was there. Wow. Yeah. So is this the U.S. Open Pickleball Academy you're talking about? So that was when we first started, we went into the business with them. You know, just so you have an idea, East Naples, where the, the tournament is, is about 45 minutes away from our house. We are in North Naples. It's pretty far. And we were, you know, traffic during the season here is mm. horrible. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So many people. Now it's even worse. I mean, I feel like we, we've been here for uh, four years now, five, five years, and people keep showing up. Stop moving here. And, <laughs> uh, and during the season, like January to, through March, you have the snowbirds just come it's like, it seems like a million people are down here. So a few years ago, about three years ago, we decided to go to find a, a new location and start our own business. So we created our own academy, which is Peak Performance Pickleball Academy. And we teach out of the Bonita Springs YMCA, which is 15 minutes from here. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and it was, yeah, it was much easier. And of course I haven't been teaching as much because of the tournament schedule. So I'm sure you, you know, that there is a professional pickleball association now, the PPA that runs tournaments. I'm about to go on the road for three weeks straight Wow, playing professional pickleball, uh, which is amazing. I mean, I, you, if you told me this story. You know, five, six years ago, I'll be like, yeah, sure. My beer league is <laughs> <on Wednesday laughs> now you're on the circuit. So where where do you go? What is this, what what cities do you go to? One of my favorite places to play actually is Newport Beach. Is yeah. where I'm playing. I've played several tournaments there. It's a, I mean, the weather in Newport is amazing, amazing, and uh, the courts there are great, uh, great club, and just a great place to be. Very pretty as well. So I go play the PPA in Newport. And then after that, uh, I actually have a camp there uh, right after the tournament. And then I head to Denver, Colorado for another mm. PPA. And then from there, I'm actually going to stay out west. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm sponsored by Jigsaw Health, which is an electrolyte company. Mm -hmm. And they make some really funny commercials. Uh, and they're great. <laughs> so I'm actually going to go and spend a couple of days with them there to shoot some commercials. And then from there, I'm going to Utah to play the Tournament of Champions. And that closes my schedule for those nice. three weeks. <laughs> wow. I so, know. Simone, hey. are, are the um, tournaments all year long? Yes. Yeah, so we, we literally travel all the time. I There are times where I travel more. Uh, because of the weather, most of the tournaments are kind of at the same time. I would say August, September, October, November are the busiest months because it's nice weather pretty much in most places. So we have so many tournaments going on. Uh, my busy, busy schedule is starting now. Usually I'll go and come home uh, because, you know, with the kids and everything. But going out west and going yeah. back out west usually is pretty tough. 
So that's why I'm staying out there. Um, It's easier on the body as well as I get older. Traveling does not (laughs) do, I I do not do well. I feel like I'm all swollen from from the plane. So I'm kind of just going to hang out there uh, and play those three tournaments. But then there are tournaments in Texas. There's a couple here in Florida, which is nice. Uh, In Orlando, there's one. Um, there is also one uh, in Hilton Head, South Carolina. So there are some that are this on this side, which again, so much easier for me travel wise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, but a lot of out west because of how big pickleball is in in you know uh, California. Right, and in in the pickleball. Um, association, you have to be a professional to play in it. You, you can't no. either amateur. Oh, so people can just sign up for it and play Correct. against you. If you are familiar with pickleball tournaments, and I do recommend that you play one, when you sign up for a tournament, uh, you sign up according to your level. Uh, so if you are a 3-5, you can play 3-5. Uh, if you are a 4-0, you can play 4-0. Uh, there are 4-5s and 5-0 brackets as well. Uh, but if you want to enter in the pro events, you would have to be 4-5 or better. Uh, and mm. the discussion that has been happening lately more and more is because there are a lot of 4-5s and better. And then there's also you know the ratings of a pro. A lot. Most of the pros are 6 so or higher mm. uh, is that the, the the numbers are getting just so large. Our draws are <laughs> amazingly big. And, and <laughs> if you are familiar with the pickleball tournament, the one thing is that your draw, for example, if you two partner up and play women's doubles, you would play your bracket all in one day. Mm. Okay. So, all in one day. So you just play and then you keep going. Yes. Okay. Till you win or lose. So, so the, the big thing is, is that most pickleball tournaments are come around, uh, like a uh, that you have to to you to get eliminated, you lose twice. So if you if you let's say you're playing and you lose, you go to the opportunity bracket, losers bracket, losers and bracket. then yes. <laughs> the losers bracket. Okay. That, that let's just be honest. Let's be straight up. You right. lost, you go to the losers bracket. <laughs> but the thing about pickleball is that it's you get a second chance. So you mm. still can come back and win gold even if you lost. From the losers the, bracket. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's they, great. I know, I know. And that's I think that's why a lot of people love love about pickleball tournaments is that you know you sign up and you travel somewhere. And then if you go out and you lose in the first match and you just go home, that would be terrible. You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like you just feel like you wasted your money right. in a way. Right. So you get a second opportunity to play again, play another match. And then you, when you go to the back draw, you play a game to 15. Mm, okay. I win by two, but it's a game to 15. Uh, so, so Rather than draw, 11. The main draw is two out of three to 11, win by two. Mm-hmm. But just imagine if you have 40-something people in your bracket. That's a lot. Uh, That's a lot of matches in one day. And, yeah, and some is. of our draws. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. And some of our draws now are getting to the point where they are 60-something teams. Oh, oh well. wow. If you lose and you go in the back, in the back in the losers bracket, you could play like eight, nine matches. 
in one day. Wow. Amazing. I have a question about the tournaments and, um, I know that you're, you said you're a little older. Um, so how, how are you keeping up with, you know, some of these opponents that are younger than you? And tell us about Ben Johns. Is he your partner? So Ben, it's, he's half my age. So one thing <laughs> is, is that as you are older, you're wiser. So you pick your partners. True. Well. <laughs> That's there true. You go. Exactly. Right. So, so what I, what I have in a way is experience, of course. Uh, I feel Mm -hmm. that, that throughout my years of, of playing and coaching, uh, the strategy, but also mentally, mental toughness is something that sometimes you, you can't really teach. Mm -hmm. It's something that through life you acquire and being exposed, being in those situations or pressure situations, uh, I think that that's where I excel, and that has a lot to do with my years and years of competing. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so younger kids are not used to being in that position where I've been there, done that. This is nothing new for me. I, I often people will get nervous and and hesitate, where I kind of feel like I gotta play to win because I know that there is no regrets on this. If I mm-hmm. believe not to lose, I will regret it later. So, you know, it's kind of. There is a it's a double edged sword because of course I'm more sore than they are. My recovery is longer. Uh, I tire faster. I have I'm more prone to injuries because of all those years beating up on my body. Uh, mm-hmm. But the mental part of it, huge, which again is a big part of the game. Uh, I feel that I I have an advantage. So I mm-hmm. I definitely use that to my advantage, and I feel like I'm a really good partner um, just because coaching other yeah. people i know what's you know some of the things that people mm-hmm. do that are not helpful uh and being negative or you know kind of rolling the eyes and i mean you've you've seen all of that in many sports mm-hmm. and that is never helpful and we all want to to win uh nobody's there to just have fun and participate uh winning is the fun part so right. it's just being on that. yeah and and i think that that's where being in that frame of mind that I am there to help my partner excel because if my partner excels, I excel as well. So uh, for me, I picked very good partners. Lucy is my female partner. Uh, She's phenomenal. She's from Slovakia, played college tennis Mm -hmm. at Wichita State. And uh, it's an exceptional pickleball player, but also very good with strategy uh, and one of my best friends. Uh, And then Ben, is just a specimen. I mean, Ben is something very, very unique. Uh, I would say he's an all around athlete. He's just built like a bull, but he's light (laughs) uh, because I felt his weight uh, because of the fact that he steps on my foot. <laughs> uh, not, not as often as, as, as you would think, but he, when he does, I feel that, that weight of his and pretty much for somebody who is that broad shoulders, you know, he, he's can cover so much court, long arms. And it's like, I think he's got superpowers that he can extend his arms, um, and he's just quick hands. It's just a whole combination of things. And I think it's something amazing for the world of pickleball because it brings everybody else up. Everybody is learning new shots. I love his back and roll uh, is something that I've been working on 
the jumping of the kitchen, all of these younger athletes are amazing for the sport because it creates something new to work on in the game for those who watch. And especially if you watch live, like in person, mm. it's a thing of beauty. I mean, it is a thing of beauty because I watch matches, I study matches, and I, I, I do that to go with your question about how do you stay on top. I do my homework. I do a lot of things that maybe possibly not everybody's doing. Uh, but I, I just believe that the game in person is much faster and so much more athletic than what you see uh, on TV or on your computer. So going back to some of the things that I've learned through the years of just being a coach, but also knowing I know my body, I know what I'm capable of doing and how far I can push it. I have um, trained very hard. I train very, very hard to keep up with all of these kids who are half my age. Uh, but I know that I can't push it, you know, too far because otherwise I'll injure myself, which I do have, you know, lingering injuries here and there, um, but I do physio. Um, I do a lot of exercises. I'm not out lifting heavy weights, you know, did that many, many years ago. Um, but most of it is body weight. The cardio that I do is a lot smarter. I try not to pound on my body um, because mm. as we age and especially as women, our hormones the issue is that you are weakening your bones and I try my best to kind of save myself. And so mm. I do more biking nowadays. And if I'm going to run, I pick and choose when I run. It's a great form of cardio, but is it really beneficial uh, to my body to do that? So I got to pick and choose. And then of course, like you got to think that diet is always important, eating better, I think I'm lucky because I love fruit anyways. I love any fruit you give me. Yeah, I live off of grapes. I, I think it's the best fruit ever. So I have <laughs> always grapes in my fridge. You'll always find that there. And just kind of having a balance. I don't deprive myself of things that I enjoy, but I know anything in moder moderation is always good. Uh, I pick and choose when I have my glass of wine. I'm not a big drinker. It's not much that I don't like it. I just don't do well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't do well with alcohol. You know, but you're right. You've got to keep your body strong in all ways um, to be able to compete at this professional level that you're competing. What, what do you think is going to happen um, with pickleball? What's the evolution of pickleball right now? What are the next steps for this nationally? You're talking about um, even the draws are too big, people, the attention to this. I mean, will there ever be television coverage, ESPN2? How, how do you see it going? Well, the really great news that just actually just happened, hot off the press, <laughs> is that PPA has now signed a contract with Fox Sports. So oh, that's wow. a oh, game great. changer. Yes, game Yay. changer. Wow. So, so I think that that will definitely change things because the exposure will be much greater. We've been on ESPN3, which again, it's, it's great, but it's an app versus the real television thing. I mean, you can still put it on your TV, but it'll be right, yes, right. So to be with Fox is just huge. That they'll yes, be, they'll be airing sure. the tournaments. Cool. Yeah, so that will be they will be doing the championship Sundays. Will be on Fox Sports, and I think that will just change our world uh, because yeah. of the fact that the exposure will be much greater. 
uh, CBS Sports with the U.S. Open and some other tournaments has put ourselves in that map as well because CBS Sports is a great exposure. I mean, I was getting text messages from friends that watch me play and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. You're, you know, you're on TV. Um, but yeah, so so I can't imagine once Fox Sports comes into into play, I think that's great. That, that will be a, definitely a game changer for next year. And you know, the more TV exposure, the bigger the sport will become. Yeah, there's yeah. no doubt about that. Gee, maybe it'll be an Olympic sport someday, huh? 2028, the U.S. is hosting it, correct? Oh yeah. So it could be one of the that exhibition be- sports. Mm-hmm. It's quite possible. Um, that would be fun. cool. Yes. So oh gosh, I, and you're I, like, like the mother of it then. In 2028, <laughs> you'll be like the, <laughs> the mother. I'll be on the coaching side. Or maybe I'll, my kids. Yeah, maybe your children. There. Yeah, that's right. That's so that, cool. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Unless, unless I can freeze myself for a couple of years. <laughs> um, yeah, or can, can we find a, a, a way to back up time? I don't know, you know if that's possible. No, exactly. That would be quite the invention. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm excited for the sport. I'm pretty certain that I'll stay involved with it even after through, you know, um, I retire from competing. I we, we built our our business around it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the people of pickleball. For me, I've worked mostly with 18 to 22 was my group uh, age when I worked in college athletics and working now with the 55 and over has been amazing. I mean, it has been amazing for me because I think people being in a different stage in their lives and it's so rewarding. I love that. So your your camps, your Nike sports camps and Peak Performance Academy, they're all in Florida. Do you have them throughout the United States? So if people on the East Coast wanted to do a camp or is it pretty much got to come to Florida? I started off doing most of them here in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this next week, I'll be doing one in Newport Beach. Right, uh, that's what you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, and then there's a big chance that I'll be doing more on this side of the country, like something maybe in South Carolina uh, or nice. Georgia, and, and then possibly something. I have a lot of, a lot of the people in New Jersey and in Vermont. Oh, and yeah, Maine because and, of the, yeah, the people that come on down the in this winter time right correct yes yeah. there's a lot of people who have a place down here who then go home mm-hmm. uh during the summers and so uh they often ask when are you gonna come to this place when are you gonna come to this place and yes. so, yeah your videos they have the drills right yes that you would recommend you know what is the most important shot and pickle to master do you think <sighs> Well, there are a lot, but <laughs> I think that something that is really underrated for pickleball, to me, is mobility. We see often people focus so much on this shot or that shot, but footwork is so, so important because what I'm looking at uh, as far as development and improving my clients is that I don't want them to get hurt. Uh, right. Yeah. So so when people come into the sport, uh, they do more or they do less. And often injury prevention is a very mm-hmm. underrated thing. But the fact that they don't have the proper footwork, then mm-hmm. you have these falls that are horrifying. We've Ugh. had plenty. 
Yeah. yeah. Back yeah. paddle, back paddle oh, is yeah. the number one injury in pickleball. Yeah. Ooh. And it's a dangerous one. It's a fall that you never know. Worst case scenario, you hit your head on the ground. Yeah. Best yeah. case scenario, you brace yourself with your wrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we always look to improve people's footwork uh, first and foremost, because if we see that you can hurt yourself, you know, you're out and now you can't play the sport, which right. is the right. last thing that we yeah. want. People will say, oh, learn how to do a third shot drop. Learn to hit uh, swinging volleys, topspin volleys. But if your footwork is not good, those shots are very hard to master Mm -hmm. because you need to develop that. And it's not like you are doing like tennis where it's a lot of movement. It's more so the fact that you have to be more compact with your footwork and your stroke itself. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like one and one comes first and then the other. Um, that's yeah. kind of where where I believe that the the you know people people focus so much on thinking, and yes. because they tell you oh you gotta you know think 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 think. I was like, we're not gonna focus on thinking unless again you get to that kitchen line because if you yeah. don't know how to get to the kitchen line, thinking becomes irrelevant. Um, right. You know, so you have to learn how to transition forward first. And that comes with the footwork part. That piece Mm -hmm. is pretty important. So once you have your footwork in place, talk about patience, because I know the game has a lot to do with being patient and waiting for the opportunity to put the ball away. So how do you avoid screwing that part up, putting the ball away in the net, say, after all that patience. Yeah, so a lot of it is you want to be patient. However, as you get better, you also need to think that when when I talk about a kitchen strategy, you have to think as a chess match. You're trying to mm. move your ball around to create an opportunity to attack. And, and it may be that you don't need to be super patient because if the opportunity is there, you want to try to put it away. However, it doesn't matter if you are super patient, but you're not making your opponent move. Because mm. if you just playing catch with your opponent, most likely you are going to be the one popping the ball up or making the error. So when you get to the kitchen line, you need to have a plan in place to create that opportunity. So moving your opponent around that kitchen is crucial for you know your improvement and that's how you become a better player um often when you start you kind of just hoping that you put the ball in and you put the ball in play uh but as you get better and your thought has to be okay how am i going to get my opponent to mess it up whichever way it is Mm, you know into the net or a pop-up so i can get that juicy ball and put it away so strategy because most people, when they come into pickleball, they think, oh, there is no strategy in this game. It's right. just put the ball over into the kitchen. And, and there's a lot of myths about that. It's about placement and having your opponent being on the run, being out of position. So that way you can take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, that totally. Does. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. God, this is just fascinating. Dora, we have the one burning question now. 
<laughs> all I know, we have one burning question, but all I know is I think we need to get down to Naples and get I to totally. one of those camps. We're or, there. Yeah. And we are so there. But we have to ask you this, this final <laughs> question, because there's lots of legends as to why it's called pickleball and who invented it. So can you shed a little light on that for us? So again, I am no ex expert because I've, <laughs> like you, I've heard so many different stories. I guess the one that I want to believe uh, <laughs> is that because I'm a dog lover, I have my dog, she's usually at my feet, um, <laughs> literally anywhere I go. But from my understanding, it was created in Washington and pretty much the kids were, were around and the whole family. Uh, I'm sure this sounds familiar. And then they lower the badminton net and they had some paddles and they created a game among the family. And the dog's name was Pickle. And the <laughs> wiffle ball was the dog's wiffle ball. So like a fetching ball. So this is the one I want to believe. <laughs> then and yeah. because there's so many i'm telling you there are so many different stories uh after a boat or you know yeah. you, you you hear 10 different stories and to be honest some of the people who did come you know this was 50 50 something years ago you know in the state of washington so you can only imagine that these people now unfortunately have passed and so i know that People have stories and some black and white photos, but but this is the story that I believe is the true, you know, that when they started, uh, that the dog's name was Pickle, and that's how Pickleball came about. <laughs> have you, did you hear that one before? Yes. That one. yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. we've heard that one. And that maybe the family was a senator or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But um, so I many, believe that so one. many stories. That's a good one. I, I believe that one, too. Well, Simone, thank you for being here. Yes. We have so enjoyed getting to know you and hearing all about this very fast-growing sport, pickleball, and you're just a great role model for so many people. And thank you for being on our show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I definitely am uh, excited for what's to come. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well. <laughs>